0: All right, and we are back with another episode. Um as usual, I will get to start off with a little bit of history. Uh on this day today in 2018, Cynthia Nixon, who is known for being a sex in Texas City, announced that she would run for uh the governor of New York. And I think that kinda of took everybody by surprise, at least people around the country. Like she had been involved in local stuff in New York and everything, and I just when she announced it, I was like, What? Yeah, it was it was kinda odd. Yeah, it was really odd. And I think she got Kind of easily by her opponents, and uh, yeah. So yeah, still kind of interesting. Uh, second, in 2019, Disney acquired 21 21st Century Fox in a 71 billion dollar deal that was absolutely massive. And um, when it happened, and it's still uh, crazy that you know all that Disney has done in the last decade. It's been insane.
1: Exactly, they own so much of the entertainment It's it's a bit, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. That uh, ABC, which is ESPN too, it's nuts, they are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I used to sort of golf at people saying it's a monopoly, but it truly is. Like they they own way too much. Yeah, it really, really is. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of Is a Stream of Life Podcast with Brandon and Lauren. In episode 10 of season five, we talk about the recent sound bites from Mr. Box Office himself, Samuel L. Jackson, regarding the recent state of film. But first, let's get into some headlines. So um one of the big headlines this past week was that the purchase of MGM by Amazon is pretty much almost done. Um, There was sort of worries about antitrust laws, but I believe that um, charge from the attorney general has been tossed out. So as far as as we know, the acquisition is free to go. And that was like an $8.5 billion purchase for Amazon, um, where they'll they'll have stock in uh, MGM's more than 4,000 films and 17,000 episodes of television, yeah, or TV shows. So, um, I guess we can expect to see content across all their different platforms from Prime Video to IMB TV to whatever else they own, and that that means Amazon also owns Epics now because that was MGM's streaming platform, yeah. My, Another Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, third, and um, some casting news: uh, Back to the Future's Christopher Lloyd is expected to join the se- third season of The Mandalorian on Disney mm-hmm. Plus. He'll be in a guest rolling star, guest starring role, of course. Um, no word on who he's playing, um, but people are expecting the third season to premiere sometime later this year. Usually usually premieres yeah. November, December. And then some sad news for daytime TV lovers. Uh the Maury Public Show, or as <laughs> it's called now, Maury, has been canceled after 30 years on air. Yes, that's that's a that's incredible how long it's been on. Yes, yeah, so it premiered in 1991 um, and gave us the classic um maternity episodes the wild teen episodes <laughs> uh yeah. in the 90s they had the man or a woman which I don't think you can do nowadays that would be frowned upon oh uh, yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely
1: yeah so definitely uh the end of an era as Maury decided that he wanted to retire from from the show so
0: yeah I imagine and is what one call it just syndicated or are they actually taping new shows jerry springer
1: i think that's all syndicated because he left his show sometime a few years ago because he landed the court show which has been canceled after two seasons so
0: oh okay yeah i was not sure so
1: okay cool so
0: um i can't remember if we talked about this last week there's no i we couldn't have anyways um At HBO, there are talks of a season four of True Detective being in the works. Um, This would be, uh, I think the executive producer would be um, Barry Jenkins, which which would be interesting. And beyond that, there's not much information other than it would be called True Detective Night Country. So um, yeah, that's interesting. And so I didn't think it was going to... go past one season I always thought that was it I thought that was what it needed but it's it's so so good and very interesting and knowing that he would be behind it would be uh, worth watching so um,
1: yeah yes yeah, excuse me I saw that news last uh well over the weekend and apparently yeah. I guess it's going to be set like at the arctic circle or something yeah that's weird <laughs> very strange but
0: yeah huh. I'm excited. okay um secondly uh this is kind of news new news of a few days ago there is a scripted series about u2 in the works at netflix and this is coming from jj abrams um writer anthony McCartan, who wrote for bohemian rhapsody uh will write the script for the series so it is it is in development at the works um i don't know how much u2 is involved with it or really what this story and tells, but I have to imagine it's about how they came together and just mm-hmm. you know their rise so um that would that would be pretty interesting so we'll see what that does how that goes and once again another thing to look out for on Netflix and lastly in very recent news as recent as like this morning um what's a story a star Rachel Zegler who was Maria um said that she did not uh get a ticket to attend the oscars which is like like what yeah and, I, um, I think going yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i think it was she posted something about how she's going to cheer for other people from her couch um and then people just start asking you know how how is that even possible so um, i'm sure that will get squared away if it hasn't already so that's um, it's something but yeah that's
1: kind of strange yeah, I, I found found kind of odd. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very strange. She's she's the yeah. lead in the film. <laughs> like Right, right, right. Well, yeah. Um uh, moving on in some sad news, it was uh announced over the weekend that ESPN reporter John Clayton uh passed away um at the age of 67. Um he Served with uh, ESPN for years. Um, I mainly remember him for the baseball coverage. Um, yeah, if not mistaken. And then, of course, everyone remembered the "This Is Sports Center" commercial where he gets done with a broadcast and then rips yeah. his, his, his hair and his hair yeah. out. Mom, I'm doing my segment. Right. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, RFP to him and condolences to the family. Um, Yeah. Just, we're losing legends like left and right. It's very strange. Yeah. What was,
0: you know, kind of an uplifting moment about his passing is when you went on Twitter and you saw his name trending, all of the stories for the most part were just of nice encounters. And there are a lot of people who were deep into their broadcasting careers now who were talking about, you know, when I first met John, he told me all this about Seattle. He showed me around the studio at ESPN. So, definitely left a positive legacy and I think that's and for anybody's life that's literally all you hope for you know yeah
1: you definitely want to be remembered you definitely want to be a John Clayton and not a William Hurt so oh Jesus yeah yeah um now we will transition to our awards watch since it's award season leading up to the Oscars um last week was the Critics Choice Awards and um you know, The Usual Suspects came up winning. Jane Campion for directing and uh, Power of the Dog, I think.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was Power of the
1: Dog. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it, it's the same. People getting the same thing. Same at the PGA Awards. Right, the right, awards, Jane Campion, Power, uh, Power of the Dog. Um, so, and people are saying the PGA is really a the last um, predictor for Oscar winners. Um, And even today, the conversation on Twitter, I guess people are standing for either Coda or Power of the Dog and saying like, if you like one, you can like the other. People saying Coda is the green book of this year because it's not that interesting of a film, but people like it. I
0: I Yeah. I don't like that it it did a lot you know whether it's a big it's not an oscar film i guess in the sense that it's not deep and Mm -hmm. challenging to think about but still you know to to star and and then featured you know actual deaf actors and actresses that's that's big so and it was
1: good i liked it yeah i enjoyed it i thought it was a very fine film and i think Most people that I saw that were saying, I like Green Book, but yada, yada, were one white. And people understand most of the criticism for Green Book was not that it wasn't that it was made badly, but that the narrative was just. Right. Just um, not right. Right. So in in that respect, CODA is nothing like Green Book. Like, I don't. No, no, it's not. Yeah. So it's very strange conversation on film Twitter. Um, and trailer things, all the content is coming in April. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, yeah. Especially over there at HBO and HBO Max. So we got three separate trailers for two new series and one returning. The returning s- series is The Flight Attendant, season two with Kaylee Coco. Um, I really enjoyed the first season. It's like a dark comedy drama. Um yeah. And this season, she's, you know, living soberly, still living, working as a flight attendant, but now is also a CIA affiliate that's doing work for them. And everything's fine until she witnesses a murder and then stuff goes left. So that drops in April. Um, We also will be getting We Own This City, the new limited series from Wire uh, creator David Simon about the Baltimore gun trace task force yeah yeah about that because the alliteration there's a bit much um and basically how this corrupt narcotics team was robbing uh criminals and the poor to uh puff their own pockets and eventually got find out got found out so um, yeah really excited about that and then we got the trailer for HBO's Tokyo Vice. This is an HBO Max original based on the book. And I guess like the actual events um, about a reporter who goes to sort of shadow police in Tokyo and wants to sort of uncover the corruption. And they're like, white man, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but the trailer looks phenomenal. So, y'all this, have
0: to check that one out.
1: Yeah, it stars. Um, let me make sure I get his name right. The guy that's in West Side Story. El, oh,
0: Ansel Egger. Yes,
1: yeah. Ansel Egger and Kim Watanabe or Watanabe. So, um, it looks really good. And then, lastly, Hulu dropped the first teaser for their limited series entitled Candy. Um, this stars and, exec- and is executive produced by Jessica Biel, and it's based on the true crime murder um, committed by Candy Montgomery in the 1980s. She was a Texas housewife who, for some reason, similarly murdered um, her neighbor with an ax. Yeah, this, um, for
0: those listening, and even if you haven't learned, texas monthly has the article it's it's kind of a long read but i remember reading it a little while ago and y'all i can't wait for this series if the series is anything like this article which is based off of it's gonna be nuts just like this okay it's one of those yeah it's one of those stories that you read and it's just like wait wait what like
1: <laughs> yeah i have no idea about the story the background um but given Jessica Biel's history with The center, like I feel like this is right up her lane. Like she sort of has yeah. found the perfect sweet spot for like these crime thriller um, series and projects. And funny enough, HBO Max is doing their own version of the same story with Elizabeth Olsen starring as oh. Mon- Montgomery. So I think that's supposed to come out later this year.
0: It's interesting. We'll see how that goes. Both of those are really good actors, just actresses.
1: Right, right. And um, Candy lands on Hulu May 9th, and each new episode will drop uh, each day that week and will end on May 13th because it's a different format um, for streaming, at least. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that goes. And then at the box office, the Batman once again is on on the top domestically with uh, a cumulative right now, 300 million. Um, I think it's headed toward more globally, but people were surprised at its slow start in China, which I'm not sure what that's attributed to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, usually films do well there, but I don't know what the deal is. Okay, okay. That concludes our headlines. We'll now get into our pick six. Uh, What were you watching uh, this past week that made your list? Uh, Okay,
0: well, we see we both have one in common, but uh, I will start with the other one, which was Welcome to Flatch. And I kept seeing this commercial on um, just Hulu when I'd watch it, and it would show it on there. And I think the show really comes on Fox, but uh, on Hulu, they put the first seven episodes up, and it's just kind of a, a... silly comedy in the same vein as like the office where they kind of break that break that fourth wall and well I won't say break the fourth wall but there's a lot of looking at the camera and there's a um it's supposed to be like a documentary uh goes to like the small town to study like the young adults and uh how people live and operate there and it is pretty silly it's it's kind of funny and I was taken back because uh when I was watching it I was like like, yo is this Sean William Scott and it is it is him I was like man he is like like not changed at all which is right. nice but um but no it's pretty silly It's funny I think it's uh I think it's good and uh um you know I'm not sure how many episodes there are but yeah the first seven are on Hulu for those who want to check it out.
1: I, I remember when this first when they were first talking about releasing this I think it got delayed because of COVID and then I guess yeah. stuff, because I think it was supposed to drop at least two years ago or something like that. It's been a while. Right, right. Yeah, that always seems to happen. So. Yeah. All right. For me, my other one, um, I watched the first episode of HB Max's DMZ. Uh, this is a comic adaptation from Ava DuVernay starring Rosario Dawson. Um, there's four episodes all together. Um, basically, mm-hmm. the world is at war and like, Parts of the US have been occupied by Eastern Europe and other countries. So like um uh Rosario Dawson's character is a nurse that works at like a I guess you call it a immigration detention center. Um, yeah. because I guess people they said the boundaries change every day. So some woman was trying to get to her grandmother. In Boston, and she didn't realize the border was now the Hudson River from wherever she was coming from, and like she got caught up or something. But Rosario Dawson's son is in the demilitarized zone, which is why it's called DMZ, and they've been separated for four years. And she goes back to try to find him. And uh, the DMZ is made up of factions of basically people of color who have been abandoned by the government, and they've now formed gangs and. Um, there's an election happening to see who becomes governor of that space because they want to become like an independent state. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. Um, it doesn't really get really good until the last few seconds adds a little plot, a plot reveal um that kind of hooks you in for the rest of it. Um, it really reminded me of not in any storytelling way, but just like the premise of um crap i just have my what was the fx show that got canceled
0: No, well, uh, something was something why yeah
1: why the last man it was giving me yeah, yeah. Of that just because of sort of like the civil chaos and everything and just made me miss that show so <laughs> um i'll see i'll see where how it winds up since it's only four episodes right right okay yeah that sounds interesting yeah And then we both checked out um, the new comedy Minx on HBO Max, the half hour series about a young feminist who decides to start a nudie magazine for women in the 70s. Yeah. Um, What did you think of it so far?
0: I I thought the first two episodes were really kind of funny. And um, uh, what's his name? Is it Jake Johnson or Jack Johnson? Jake. Yeah, he's doing a good job playing kind of like the sleazy, lovable um, porn publisher guy. It works for him. Um, I, really, I don't have any complaints about it. The one thing that I that, oh my god, the pacing of the show is so quick. Like, yeah, uh, in the, in really the, in the first episode, in the first episode at least, it was just like uh, we met her boyfriend. She broke up with her boyfriend. She met this guy about the idea for the magazine. She's making the magazine. I'm just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? But I mean, 30-minute show and only 10 episodes. You got to do she you got to do. But, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's funny. See where it goes.
1: Yeah, I had the the same type of thought. Like, it did kind of start, like, was abruptly off to the races. I thought maybe we'd get a slow pace into the relationship and him leaving. And she, like, really got into it. But um yeah it was interesting I'm ready to see where it goes and yeah it's it is a lot of penises which um I guess was expected or wasn't expected I don't know but right what's what's
0: so funny about that is when I was uh like I think last week when I was just trying I I, when you search the show that's the one thing and the only thing any reviewer article is talking about like it's what but the scene in the first episode where you see like however many naked men there are it's not even a minute long if that like it's
1: it's very short it's very fast yeah Yeah. but yeah they interviewed the uh show creator on um a podcast I listened to and they basically said more dicks than euphoria I was like well yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's accurate So, so. (laughs) so but yeah I'll definitely check out uh the rest of the season see where it heads um I, I didn't write it down, but I had to plug Promised Land on Hulu now. It's really good, and I wish ABC was given it a b- bigger chance on the network. I feel like if they had put it on Thursdays, along with, like, Greys and stuff, it would have worked better. Because it's, it's sort of like that um, soapy drama type series. Yeah, But they put it on Monday, and... I guess it hasn't really catched on. So we'll see what happens to, to it, if they get a season two or not. Yeah, yeah. All right, right here. We'll take a quick break and come back with our rest of the show. All righty. Um, do we have anything for No Concessions? Uh, no, I haven't really
0: watched any Oscar things. So our movies have just been watching, watching basketball on the free
1: time. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I haven't been moved to watch any of the films. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> it I I don't I don't want to say like none of the films are good, but I don't know if any of this year's films are really interesting me that interesting to me that much. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I understand what you mean. Like and I've seen some of them. I feel like I've seen a good amount, but um I don't know. It's just yeah, this this Oscar seems so strange to push yeah. back of the date, pushing the whole thing with not knowing the host, and now we have three hosts. It's just kind of like, okay. Let's just get this event over
1: with. Yeah, it's 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 time. It's it's been time. Uh so that brings us to our previously on. Um, are you still watching Killing Eve?
0: Uh, yeah, I watched this episode. Um, got through it.
1: <laughs> okay, this was episode. Three or four this was three, three, okay, episode three was don't get attached, right, right, okay, and this one, um, oh, I'm about to say Eve like finds Helene, right yeah, so, she yeah, well, or, or kind of yeah, helene, helene is like, um,
0: how would to say it? she's like. She's like in London now, kind of hold, not hold up, but there in London and she has made contact with a girl that works at the morgue and um, yeah, she's more in the picture now than, than she has been. She's not this mysterious figure anymore. Right.
1: Yeah, it's it's going. Um, I, I I just don't know. I just don't know.
0: Yeah. What what i'll say about it and I, I said it last week and i finally found the right phrase is that the content and just what's happening in killing eve feels dated even from two years it just feels yeah. behind like it's not it's not it's not pulling me and i'm not waking up or you know not waking up but like getting excited for like like ah oh, killing eve comes on the night it's kind of just like Oh yeah, I gotta finish this.
1: Yeah, Um, so we had um, Villanelle is in Eve's room and Eve basically gives her the cold shoulder. She's over her or bored with her, I don't know. Um, We have Eve interrogate Fernanda. This was Helene's ex-girlfriend yeah um to find out information about some mystery man i guess helene's ex-boyfriend or husband or something yeah um we see constantine just sort of like living freely i guess he got immunity or something like he's just out here
0: yeah that's what it feels like he's just he's just doing him
1: and the only thing I'm a little confused about, well, not confused, but, like, they're introducing the Pam character, but it's like, this is the last season. How are we introducing a new killer right. or assassin and training in the last season? Like, I don't know what right. her purpose... It's not that many... Right. Right. But she did take care it's of her brother, just, who was an yeah. ass. Yeah. Because
0: I'm glad you brought that up because it just feels like that storyline it's going to be rushed no matter how much they do it mm-hmm. yeah
1: um and then eve pulled the big okie doke on villanelle and had her arrested and put in prison yeah so um maybe they thought they're going to get season five or that's a possibility that they thought that i don't know who knows what happened during covid like what we all know this was like the original script, or, or what? So, yeah, it's
0: it's lost a step, and uh, yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's
0: all there is to say.
1: <laughs> um, but what I did enjoy was the second episode of Winning Time, uh, yes, yes. on HBO. Um, very interesting take on the life of Jerry West, which I mean. had no idea other than that he was the nba logo um that he i guess battled you know depression and um just sort of had this sort of dark childhood that he was raised into um yeah i thought that was a very interesting take um what were your thoughts on the episode um i thought
0: it it was very good um let's see, like you said, the Jerry West story caught me off guard. Uh, the parts with magic going back to home and going back home and, you know, obviously talking to cookie and all them, but the scenes with uh, the scenes with his parents are always good. The one in the bath bathroom was good. And then the one where mm-hmm. um, he's outside talking to his father there, And uh, I thought that was a pretty strong line when he just, you know, he's, he's still young in this and he's, he's trying to do everything right. But when he just asks, you know, Do you think I'm a good man? It's just kind of oh damn, what a question to ask your dad. That would be intense, insane.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure he seems like a nice person, but he's he is doing some terrible things, like yeah, (laughs) yeah. like stringing Cookie along or whatever, and joining on her man and wanting to be with her, but then also having sex in the church parking lot right before this event like like right yeah like before the fish fry like damn nigga yeah like wrap it up or calm down or something <laughs> and yeah i agree the scenes with his parents especially his his mother as well were um yeah. very good um and she's right like she's trying to keep him humble um right right before he he sort of like gets too close to the sun so yeah and I thought the um the thing with the woman uh well with the women in the show at at the the Lakers thing the whole sort of shutting down the Jenny at first and then the apology really spoke to the work dynamics that many women are put in when they're in that environment and how they pursue the power sort of Makes them enact the same sort of cruelty on other women. Yeah,
0: it's it's really good. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about and are kind of annoyed by the breaking of the fourth wall, and I can get that. Like if they toned it down and like didn't do it for a full episode, and then maybe slowly brought it back, that would be good. So I we I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. it happened a lot in this in the second episode.
1: Yeah, and that's just Adam McKay. That's that's his sort of. yeah that's true Uh, so and then oh go ahead go ahead oh I was gonna say like I would I mean I would prefer like a straight you know just drama where or dramedy where it's not like poking fun at us or whatever but that's just what he decided right
0: right and then what I was gonna say was the the scenes in the show with what's his name is it Red Auerbach, uh, Michael mm-hmm. Chiklis? Is that who's yes. playing him? Yo, yeah. I didn't know that was him at the, at the start. I was like, who is that? And then I, I, I had to look it up. But um, uh, yeah, each of those sign- scenes were good, especially the one in the, in the uh, of course, the one at the end, but the one in the uh, the restaurant, just kind of.
1: Yeah, he sort
0: uh, of, that was good. That was all good. Right. So that would be interesting to see where that story goes. And um, um, kinda, i kind of, I hope this episode we get the basketball, like I'm going to bring the, the, see the dynamic of the whole team together again and, and all mm-hmm. that, so.
1: and see how that goes, yeah, yeah. All right, and um, for both of those shows, they both air on Sundays, ironically, Clean Eve airs on AMC, BBC on Sundays, and then Winning Time airs on HBO and HBO Max on Sundays, All right, we're at our feature presentation. And the past week, um, given his Oscar season and there's a bunch of buzz, there's been a lot, well, sort of like a press push um, with Samuel Jackson because he's receiving an honorary Oscar at the Governor's Ball two days before the ceremony. And I guess he was interviewed through Variety.com um, or Variety Magazine where he said he should have won an oscar by now and yeah. um yeah i think everyone could agree that yeah. the and who is billed as the highest grossing actor of all time should have on should have won an oscar by now
0: yeah i i love the the just what's the word the i don't know the right word for it but it's kind of like you know how like um you know, you always hear people tell women to like speak up and own their shit. I love this because this is actually the same, the same thing. It's like he's not being, it's not that he's not being humble. He's just like, yo, I've done hard work. I've done
1: good work. I should have an Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So let's see what he actually told um, the Times. And this is a report by Variety. He said, I should have won that one, referring to his um, nomination for Pulp Fiction. This Jackson was nominated that year against Martin Landau for Ed Wood, Chaz Pullman, Pullman Terry for Bullets Over Broadway, Paul Schofield for Quiz Show and Garrison East for Forrest Gump. <coughs> Landau was re- awarded the Oscar. Jackson said he missed out on another Oscar for Jungle Fever, which I agree, for which he wasn't yeah. nominated. Two cast members from Bugsy broke into the race that year to Jackson's disbelief. He said, my wife and I went to see Bugsy. Damn, they got nominated and I didn't. I guess Black folk usually win for doing despicable shit on screen, like Denzel for being a horrible cop in Training Day. All the great stuff he did in uplifting roles like Malcolm Max. no, we'll give it to this motherfucker. So maybe I should have won one, one but, Oscars don't, but Oscars don't move the comma on your check. It's about getting asses in seats, and I've done a good job of doing that. And that was the second point. He was saying he should have won an Oscar by now, but that um, he really doesn't need one because he does what the Oscars can't, and that's get seats in the theaters and right. eyeballs, which is probably a more significant read that Jackson, yeah. Jackson gets the viewerships with the Oscars is struggling to do now. Right, uh, right. And he's sort of showing a light on the, the, the fact that they aren't getting the ratings and that um their attempts right now are sort of feel like desperation um in 2018 they introduced a popular film category which was sort of dropped and on that he said they should have an oscar for the most popular movie because that's what the business is about um he references fireman no way home and how it grows 1.8 billion dollars worldwide he said it did what movies did forever it got people to a big dark room all movies are valid. Some go to the cinema to be moved dearly. Some like superheroes. If somebody has more butts on seats, it just means your audience is not as broad. There are people who have had successful careers, but nobody can recite one line of their parts. I'm the guy who says shit that's on the t-shirt.
0: I mean, how can you be mad at that man? He's talking this shit, and it's all—it all makes
1: sense. It's all the truth, like exactly. Like we like, can't—we <laughs> can't on one side want to champion the art of cinema and how it's being i don't know uh sacrifice for the mighty dollar and then turn around right. and literally make movies because the first one was a big hit or copy format exactly. because they make money like right. is it Uchiwali or is it one mike you've got that's, right, right That's the issue. Like you're straddling the fence and saying that it's all about the art, which means the money shouldn't matter, but it does.
0: Yeah, it absolutely does, and it sucks. You know, and a lot of people like Samuel Jackson. He's a good actress, act, actor. He's famous. He's got all these lines, but you know, I just hate it. It takes people dying to for them to get, really get their flowers and shit. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's like, and I don't want that to be the case for him. There's a lot of people that I think fit in that that same category, that same basket of people that are doing yeah. so much. And uh, not until they're gone, will they, you know, will be in right. right. yeah, the rafters and stuff,
1: so. Right, and he's done the work. Like he said, like, General Fever was one of his first big roles in a film. And that's the type yeah. of role that is Oscar worthy. Wasn't even nominated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then he's only nominated for Pulp Fiction. Which he should have won because that's the performance everyone talks about, and he's had so many other performances. Um, And yeah, it's 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 a slight, and he's right. Like the business is about the money and getting people in the seats. And you know, yes, your art house film was very moving, and I'm sure Film Twitter goes up for it, but it's only being seen in the major metro metropolitan areas and that's not where the people are so they've they've got to figure something out like yes
0: yeah
1: all can agree that the oscars has a certain pedigree but we should be able to elect more films in that pedigree especially genre yeah, because the ignoring of horror films is a problem
0: yeah that one yeah that one gets me because and we've had so many that have been so good as of late so
1: yeah um and in addition to that he had a quote I'm not sure where or who he was talking to might be another publication but we all know that he played Nick Fury in the Marvel films and he basically shat on DC he said um He said, I don't think I'm going to read a DC script and be like, yeah, this is dope. And he admits that he was was a fan of DC comics growing up, um, but he just doesn't think that the films are good, or the majority of the films are good. And of course, you know, comic nerd Twitter was getting their feelings about that. Um, But what what are your thoughts on, on that? Exactly. But what are your thoughts on that quote? Because it's a big it's a big issue either way. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Which quote? Which quote? Uh, the DC one. Whether you prefer Marvel or DC. Um, I, I, hold on. I don't know.
0: Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're kind of dropping out on me. Hold on. I'm here. Okay, stupid. I, I don't know. Um, I, I I agree. I guess you know uh, about DC. They are, their movies aren't as good as as Marvel, in my opinion. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like he's right to say it. It's not. It's all up to him. You know what I mean? So.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess he was being interviewed and asked whether he. ever do a dc movie yeah yeah. um and his exact words or exact response was well i mean we're all actors well i mean we're all actors are mercenaries it's kind of what we do we act who we act for but i don't know what i'm going to he said but i don't know that i'm going to read a dc script that's going to make me go yeah this is dope because you expect things to happen because I mean, I'm a comic book fan, so I've been reading comic books forever. And truth be told, I don't even read Marvel comic books. I kind of look at them. And when I discovered myself as Nick Fury, I just happened to see myself and say, What am I doing on this cover? And that was it. I put the book back. I read I read I read DC comics my whole life. You know, we all came through Superman, Batman, Silver Surfer, Aquaman. Okay, he's kind of meandering. Yeah. He says, I was all about DC, but I don't know what the thing is about them cinematically. And truth be told, DC cinematically has been a mess. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I think a lot of people would, would agree too. I'm not sure how you can even argue that. Like they don't touch Marvel, like at
1: all. <laughs> right, And and not every Marvel film is great. Um, But even their sort of poor films, quote, unquote, are substantially better for the most part for DC. I've I've enjoyed the DC movies that I've seen. The Batman was very good. But DC did so much in the beginning of trying to catch up with Marvel instead of just being DC. Um, Like the whole Justice League fumble and... Now they're doing like sort of connected, but it's not connected, and this is separate, which is fine, but just pick a pick a formula and just stick to it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting, especially his quote about the Oscars, um, because we all know award shows in general are sort of struggling to keep the magic, quote unquote and. Yeah. And he's right, he, he should have won one by now. And there's a lot of actors that have, should have won one. Glenn Close is awesome this. Sure. Like, so, I don't know. I think, um
0: how do I, say this? I think in terms of uh, award shows, I, I think I said this a, a few weeks ago, I think I don't think they'll ever disappear to the point where nobody cares you know there's still too many film fanatics and people that just like the glimmer glitz of the whole evening but i i truly believe within the next five years they're just going to take they will be in the back seat like i mean they'll be like they'll be a thing of like oh okay yeah and it and it's a thing of of streaming it's a thing of just uh social media it's a thing of people not really there's this attitude out that's now that's kind of like support what you like and, and push what you like in you know if it doesn't win it doesn't win and just I think that kind of hurts the spirit of award shows that people are like okay it didn't win this big award like who gives a shit you know
1: right because for so long the Oscar was the only um pedometer right right of, sort of success for a film like if you got an Oscar, you were in. Like that was the benchmark. But now people are realizing with, with more people being able to make films, have access, people are realizing that the Oscar is not the end all be all. And like your movie yeah. is good as long as people watch it and discuss it, you're you're in, you're you're good. So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. And the same with it's, the grammys and i don't know if the tonys like tonys is sort of like a subculture of the award shows but yeah it's
0: it's gonna be something it'll be very very interesting to see uh what the future looks like for award shows but
1: yeah it's definitely a cultural shift
0: um and uh, and we won't have to wait long sunday i guess we'll see what the numbers will look like i don't know how long it takes to get the numbers back maybe tuesday wednesday so
1: right right yeah it's gonna be very interesting yeah. all right before we get out of here what are you streaming for the weekend uh this
0: weekend and well actually i think it's uh, when's the 24th thursday does that sound right yeah uh, i'm very excited for this uh starstruck the show on hbo max where just this regular woman falls in love with this superstar just randomly it's really good it's funny the second season streams uh, the 24th uh this week and i have to imagine it's like maybe two episodes at a time or something i doubt they'll put the whole thing on there but um mm. it got a lot of play last year and it deserved it but it needs more play it's just really well written kind of funny kind of um uh, what's the word looking for just like almost like a comfort show like you can, can turn it on and just have a laugh and yeah it's really good
1: okay all right Um, For me, there's, well, three big shows coming up um, in a movie. I don't know if I'll see the movie because I'm supposed to be out of town on Saturday, but um, the film, Everything Everywhere All at Once is supposed to drop in theaters. So maybe a Sunday matinee, I don't know. Um, But that's with Michelle Yao and it's directed by the Daniels. I guess that's sort of like a duo or something. Is that kind of like the Conan Brothers? I believe so, something like that. Um, But I've heard nothing but great reviews so far online. And then um, TV-wise, Apple's new drama Pachinko arrives on the 25th, which is Friday. Um, And I've heard nothing but good things about that. It's um, based on the novel, and it's in three languages, Korean, Japanese, and American. So that looks really good. Um, And then Thursday, Paramount Plus premieres the Halo series. Um, This thing has been in progress since, like, 2013. Like, they wanted a movie, that flopped. It was supposed to be on Showtime, but then it got moved to Paramount. And then showrunner to showrunner, COVID, is finally here. Um, And we also, in sort of the same vein, we'll get uh, the third season of Atlanta this Thursday as well Yes, yeah, but so, yeah. everyone is excited for um, I've heard nothing but good things as well I actually premiered at the South by Southwest festival this past weekend so okay and I also had on there because I
0: wanted to may get out to try to see it hopefully the weather's right this weekend but X that came out last week and I've heard some pretty good things about it you know it's I guess the main th- takeaway I've gotten from it is that it doesn't try to be anything other than like what it is. Like it's not trying to
1: right. solve
0: any problems. It's, it's exactly what it is. And so I'm happy to hear that. So I, I definitely wanna to try to check that out.
1: Yeah, I've seen nothing but good things um, about it. A lot of horror fans said it's, it's exactly what you expect. Um, and there's a great way of sort of tributing the classic slasher, so. That is good with me. <laughs> all right next week we bring March to a close which is crazy um with our quarter one recap and we'll look forward to the content for april may and June. until then keep on streaming peace this has been is a streamable life a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable life.